The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Eight minutes after eight, you're listening to the Forum at Eight here on SAFM. Jay sent me this SMS about uh, the tragic death of uh, Gavin Stewart, who passed away last night, veteran journalist, uh, and he was uh, also with the uh, Rhodes Journalism School. Uh, Jay saying, Gavin Stewart gone, how sad. A man capable of thinking for himself and expressing those thoughts. Not too many people like him left in South Africa today. Rest in peace, Jay. And from all of us here at SAFM as well, rest in peace. To best uh, the condolences as well to his family this morning. Onto the forum today where we're asking about the act of being armed. Does it make us more likely to engage in aggressive behavior? I got some SMSs about this. Bongo and KZN say, I think having a gun does indeed make one more aggressive and short-tempered. It gives unnecessary confidence when facing a situation or confrontation. Cohen and Hayden says, uh, if you buy a gun, you intend using it. Uh, and then I received this unsigned SMS saying, unless the death penalty is introduced again, this country is going to remain violent. No one must be allowed to own or carry a gun. So what do you think about that? Does the act of being armed make you more likely to engage in aggressive behavior? Now, this topic comes on the back of uh, that motorist who was allegedly shot and killed by a biker in an apparent road rage incident last week. He appeared in court uh, yesterday, being granted 5,000 rand bail. But really what it shows us is violence is not a solution to any argument or misunderstanding except when the other party unlawfully resorts to serious violence, which leaves the innocent parts with no choice other than to use violence to thwart the attack. At least that's what my guests are going to tell us today. You'll hear from them shortly. I'm joined on the line by uh, John Welsh, the chairman and spokesperson for the South African Gun Owners Association. John, good morning. Thanks so much for your time today. Mr. Mudley, good morning. Thank you. Also joining us on the panel, I've got two researchers. Uh, Cohen Labone will join us in a short while. He's the researcher at the South African Institute of Race Relations, but right now joined by Nomfundo Mogapi, who's a clinical psychologist and head of the psychosocial program at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation, the CSVR uh, Nomfundos Mogapi. Good morning, Nomfundo. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Dustin, and the viewers, Mojapi. Mojapi, Mojapi. Good morning. Thank you, Nomfundo, for joining us. So we're asking the question, does the act of being armed make us more likely to engage in aggressive behavior? If you're out there, if you own a gun, if you travel with a gun, if you drive with it in your car, on your motorbike perhaps even, I don't know where you would store it, but tell us where you would. Tell us if you keep it with you at the office. Do you take it into your office? Are you allowed to bring it into your office with your coworkers? Do you have a lockup safe at home? Tell us about why you choose to be armed and how it makes you feel. What does it feel like when you hold that firearm? When you bought it, how did it make you feel? And what did you feel like before you bought the firearm? What prompted you to buy it? We want to know about the psychological effect of owning and choosing to own a firearm today. So give us a call on these numbers. 0891-104208. 891 Give us a call. The line's open right now. You can also SMS us on 34701. Tweet or Facebook the show, AM Live on SAFM. John, I'd like to start with you from, you know, SA Gun Owners Association. I would imagine you own a gun then, John? Absolutely, yes. And, and what prompted you to make that decision to buy a gun? Um, I've had, personally, I've had a very long interest in firearms and right from a very, very young age. Uh, I had that interest. My interest was never prompted by uh, wanting to own a firearm for self-defense. Uh, one must remember that I originally started out being very interested in uh, the felt, uh, nature, nature conservation, and hunting. 
And therefore, the first firearms that I acquired specifically were for hunting and for sporting purposes. I participated in uh, sport shooting right from a very young age as well. And uh, that was the main reason that I acquired firearms. It was only at the later stage when things really turned ugly in South Africa, and I'm talking in the early 70s uh, and 80s, that uh, I acquired a firearm for self-defense. Um, and that was basically what prompted me to buy firearms. Mm-hmm. How, how old were you when you first had a, held a gun or first owned a gun? When I first held a firearm, must have been at the age of about uh, 11 or 12. And how did it make you feel? I mean, did it did it change your perceptions, the way you felt about firearms? Did you feel empowered? Mm. What, what did you think about it? I mean, was it a toy mm. to you? Not at all, not at all. It was obviously never a toy because what I have learned right from a very young age was that firearms ought to be respected. They are potentially dangerous items, and whether one is talking about the use of gasoline, petrol, uh, candles, uh, motor vehicles, tractors, anything of that nature, they are all potentially dangerous objects. For that reason, one must respect them, and one must learn how to use all of those. So the first time I held a firearm, uh, obviously uh, I, I, I felt there was a huge responsibility on me to handle and to use that particular firearm. And when I fired that firearm at the target, it was uh, a matter of respecting that, making sure exactly what my target was, making sure that nobody was put in danger by the firing of the firearm, making sure that I was properly protected, my ears and my eyes were properly protected and so forth and Mm -hmm. so on. And that was the feeling that I had right from the beginning. And as I've indicated, that was at a very young age. So John Walsh, he's held a firearm since he was 11 years old, and he's used it mainly for for hunting when he was young. Self-defense later on, but he's learned how to train and use it responsibly. Is that a good summary, John? That is absolutely right. So give us a call today. Does the act of being armed make you feel more likely to engage in aggressive behavior. If you knew your colleague, someone sitting at a desk next to you this morning, held a firearm with them, what would that make you feel? How do you think they would behave? And does it concern you at all, or do you feel more protected that here's a colleague in your work situation who has a firearm and could perhaps defend you if the need arises? Give us a call today, 0891-104-208-34701, SMS hotline. Namfunda Mokhapi, I haven't forgotten about you. I, w- I wanted to find out, I mean, are, are you a gun? Owner, first of all, you mean me, Dashan? Yeah, are, are you a gun no, owner? I'm not. You're not a gun, well, and, and why not? I mean, it's my own personal decision sure. not to have guns, but I think, Dashan, from a psychological perspective, since 1967, there's been a lot of research that has been done on what we call in cognitive and social psychology the weapons effect, and that research has shown that um, there is a very strong linkage between. The, the presence of a gun or a weapon and its ability to just automatically increase the accessibility of aggression or aggression-related thoughts. And with more research, what we found is that um, guns are likely to trigger aggressive behavior, not only from those who possess it, actually, but just for the people who are just observing it, just the presence of a gun or seeing a gun is likely to stimulate aggressive behavior from other people because of the associations that exist between guns and either threat or aggression or violence. And I think in, if that, that research is even more important in the context of South Africa because the reality is that South Africa is a country has got a psyche that is highly aggressive 
we all say this all the time that we are an, an angry nation. But so the combination of that together with the weapons effect theory suggests that the, the, the aggressive, aggress, aggressive reaction to guns is highly likely in the context of South Africa. Give us a call today, 0891104208. Interested in hearing how it makes you feel to own a gun. What is the psychological effect of a weapon? And as you heard Namfundo there talking about the weapons effect, does it make you feel more aggressive? Does it increase your propensity towards violence? Give us a call today, 0891104208. John, I, I want to get your response to that before I go to the calls. We've got Admire and Lumka holding on the line. But w- what's your response to this weapons effect, that, that owning a gun has this you know, psychological effect of making one act more aggressively? Well, uh, I, I, I can definitely not generalize, and I do not want to generalize in that regard. And I think by having said that, one is generalizing to a very great extent. One must remember there are actually a number of uh, uh, discussion points in that regard, Mr. Mm. Ridley. Well, John, John, to be fair, though, because uh, Nomfundo said, you know, she was even being quite specific, saying within the South African context, this is even more dangerous because we have a propensity towards violence in this country. And so she wasn't generalizing. She was actually speaking quite specifically about the weapons effect here in South Africa. Yes, I, I, I fully understand that. Mm. Uh, one must understand that uh, this business about the propensity of violence in South Africa is not only in South Africa, it happens in many other countries. And mm. one needs to ask the question as to why is it, why is it that people have a propensity to violence? And I do not know what the answer to that is, but all I know is that, as you have indicated in your opening statement on this topic, mm-hmm. is that violence is never... Uh, a solution to any problem, mm. never an argument, a misunderstanding, and so forth. My concern is just that there are many innocent people out there, and if violence does occur, and if the person needs to resort to force in order to thwart a violent attack, that person must have the right to do that. In terms of the Firearms Control Act, there are a number of prerequisites before you are entitled to legally own a firearm. And I think what is very important is that the law allows a person, first of all, to become competent. There has been introduced in our legislation as of late that a person must first be declared competent. Now, if that competency certification does not function properly, then certainly it is not the gun owners or the civilian society's fault. Then it means that the system is not being applied correctly. And I think that is where one of the major problems lie. Some people believe that Mm. when when they might perceive a threat of violence, that resorting to a firearm is a solution. I don't believe that resorting to a firearm is a solution at all times. A person must think very carefully before acquiring a firearm. Well, let's ask our listeners if they're thinking about it. John, yes. let's, let's invite them to, to have their sure. say on this. Yeah. Admire and Lumka's called in, and I think Obedient uh, was also there. Obedient, give us a call back, 0891 We'll take Admire first up, calling in from Glenwood. Admire, good morning. How's it, man? How are you? I'm doing well this morning. You say you don't believe in owning guns. Why? Yeah, man. I'm, uh, firstly, you know, um, uh, we, 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 as, um, as uh, your two guests there, I know, are rightly compared now. It, it comes with a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. But what we are getting here, we, we are getting a society now that has got a lack of fire in our law enforcement. The law is then, the institutions are put there, but what we are having now is really we don't enforce those laws. 
So when you get a situation whereby you no, know, the law is not being enforced, it is difficult for for people to really know that you no, know, whoever is holding a gun has been you know uh, qualified to be really really competent to be responsible and to go and to go into act in uh, in a manner that is understandable. Uh, that will make sure that you no know, everybody is safe. One example, I went to one shop uh, my, my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, uh, last year. There was a police guy, right? This police person, his firearm is not even security person, um, I mean, uh, secured in his holster. One. That shop, mm-hmm. there was a manager who was killed by a gun in that shop. And the, 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 the consumers who were in the shop were actually looking at him, and we could see that you know, this guy was actually intoxicated. He was actually drunk. And that gun is just anywhere. So mm-hmm. just imagine that you know, there's someone who is not responsible, who has got a, a criminal act which he wants to do in that shop. You can easily get a gun from them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really, really difficult for, for me. One was a mentor told me that, you know, if you are prepared to own a gun, it means one thing. You are prepared to kill. Admire, thanks for that call there in Glenwood. I appreciate that call, Admire. We have to go to the line. Sir, Lumka is still holding on. We've got facility, but I want to renew this call. Please tell me how it makes you feel to own a gun. What is the psychological effect of owning a gun? And if you don't own a gun, what is the effect on your psychology of knowing somebody else does, of being in traffic and knowing that perhaps the person that you're flipping the bird to in traffic, pulling a finger at, could have a gun? Faced at you at any moment, what does that make you think? How does it make you feel? The psychological effect of owning a gun, or somebody else in your society owning that gun as well. Lumka and Centurion, good morning. Good morning. Um, your guest just uh, took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say that really a person should be done. You know, the, the a mental test of what is this, the state of the mind when you are right. a gun. I definitely don't own one, but I definitely plan to own one because the reality of the matter is. We live in a violent country, and unfortunately, most of the times when people are victims, we mm-hmm. tend to we tend to be the one as if we are the one who have created violence or the problem. Mm-hmm. So, as a single mother, I definitely have to own a gun because I will not think twice in pulling the trigger when someone trespasses my house. And unfortunately, I don't have someone else to protect me. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, I don't have enough strength or energy to overpower a man. So, I will not think twice in pulling that trigger. And it's not to bully anybody, but Definitely to protect myself and my family. Mm. I mean, would you be would you be willing to pull that trigger even if uh, you know your child was there watching you? If it if she's under attack, definitely. What else can mm. you do? If someone comes in my house and threatens my life and threatens the life of my child, I have no other way. Otherwise, what will I say? Um, or else I'm saying the, the whoever's coming to my house must I take my child mm. and I must watch just because I have to attack, I have to protect it in every way I know I can. Lumka, does it not concern you? You know, there's there's those tragic stories every year of people that are accidentally killed, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, very and very sadly, Lumka, there's a lot of children who find themselves accidentally with a firearm or go looking for a firearm because they know their parent has it. They think of it as a toy, yeah, Lumka. I'm, 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 Driving and breaking, but if I think I can hear you, um, I Okay, Lumka's call is breaking up there. Unfortunately, we wish we could have continued that conversation Mm -hmm. with Lumka. But here's someone, and and I'd love to hear from more of you like this out there. If you want to own a gun, tell us why. Because here's a mother who's saying she needs to have a firearm to protect her child. And there's that fear of of, of violence in our our country. But does a gun allow you to escalate violence? Is there that fear as well of escalation of violence? Give us a call today, 0891-104-208. I've also got Felicity holding on from Eastern Cape. Felicity, people shouldn't own guns. Why not? 
because it escalates the violence in the society. I was once attacked in my home, held up at knife point, tied up. And if I had been carrying a gun, I wouldn't have been able to reach for it in time. And I wanted to go down on my knees and give thanks that I was not a gun owner and that we had no guns in the house. My attackers had plenty of time to get the gun from me. Mm. And they could have used that gun against me. They were waving a knife round but they could have turned the gun on me. Felicity, I'd, I'd like you to talk directly to Lumka this morning. If you, if you heard Lumka's call, it was just before you. And, and here's a mother out there, a young mother by the sound of it, uh, who says that she's worried about her kids, she's afraid for her life and for her kids' lives, and she wants to protect them, she wants to buy a gun. Uh, speak to her directly. Um, hello, Lumka, can you hear me? I'm sure she can, she, but she's off air, she's in her car somewhere. So, so speak to her directly, I'm sure she's listening. Hello. Go ahead, Felicity. What what would you like to tell her? Okay. I think that people that own guns could be putting themselves and those they love in danger. I know that if I had a gun, if they'd taken it from me, used it against me, um, my attackers were roaming the neighborhood looking for other places to attack. They could have turned the gun on my dear friends and neighbors around me and I would have been guilty because it would have been my gun that they would have been using. There's great danger in our society. Guns are so freely available and guns are taken from so many people that own guns to protect themselves and then if they're not used against those people, they're used against others around them. Felicity, thanks for that call there from the Eastern Cape. We have to leave it with you. We've also got Adele Christine, spokesperson for Gun Free SA, who's on the line to us. Adele, good morning. Uh, good morning, Dashan. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Loud and clear. Adele, I saw your press release uh, that you released uh, yesterday talking about this being uh, Teen Suicide Prevention Week uh, and guns being used quite often successfully, unfortunately, in teen suicides. Yes, and I, I mean, Dashan, I want to respond to Felicity Please. Uh, and Lumco as well, is that guns in the home pose an enormous risk for everyone in the home. So small children who are curious, getting the gun, are accidentally discharging. The data shows that uh, 14% uh, of uh, suicides in South Africa firearms are used, and the group that is most at risk for suicide are young people between the age of 15 to 29. So, and and we saw last week the double suicide tragedy of the St. Albans matric pupil and his mother. So guns in the home pose a risk for everyone. But I think a really important point that Felicity is making is that if you have a gun in the home that you've bought for self-defense, often it is used against you in an attack, and that gun that was once legal then enters into the illegal pool and is used by criminals to commit more and more crime. So the, all the data shows that having a gun for self-defense is not an effective means. In fact, you're four times more likely to have your gun taken off you 
and used against you and to use it in self-defense. But what about John's argument here? John Walsh uh, from the SA Gun Owners Association. You can back me up if I'm wrong on this, John. But John is saying violence is never the solution. And, and he says that unequivocally. It's not a solution, but he does believe that you have a right to own a gun to thwart any would-be attacker. Now, if you're doing the proper training, if, you're, if you've had gone for the proper mental assessment, psychological test, what's the harm in owning a gun? Well, the harm is what I, I mean, all those tests, and, and uh, John Welsh is correct, the law is very strict. It sets important criteria around age, around uh, history of violent behavior, uh, substance abuse, problem drinking, all of those things. But there are two things that are important. One is your behavior can change. So at the time of going for your competency testing, your behavior can change over a period, which is why the South African law has a five-year renewal period. But five years is a long time. So you can get into financial difficulty, be retrenched, uh, a change in your psychological makeup and behavior. So owning a gun in the home and having one in your home puts everyone at risk. Adele Christine, thank you very much for joining us this morning. We have to leave it there with you. Spokesperson for Gun Free Essay on the line to us there, Adele Christine, saying, well, yes, you do have to get your mental test done, your psychological test for owning a gun, but how often? Only every five years. And, of course, your psychological state very fluid and can be changed uh, upon an instance of anything happening. So are these effective enough in being a deterrent for that aggressive behavior that we've seen on our roads? Allegations of road rage between a, a motorist and a, a motor, uh, and a biker as well, resulting in the death of that biker. Uh, the motorist released some 5,000 rand bail yesterday. So does owning a firearm make us more likely to engage in aggressive behavior? Does that act of buying one and the psychological effect? effect of owning one uh, lead to a likelihood of aggressive behavior. Give us a call today, 0891-104-208, and continue sending your SMSs on 34701. I'll read them out shortly. 8.30 right now, time for your news headlines. Here's Babakshni Chetty. 25, 26 minutes rather, to 9. Coming up, morning talk with Rowena Bird. Rowena, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Dash, and thank you for asking. Coming up on morning talk today, since 2007, the PAC has observed February as Sobukwe month, and this after its founding president and one of South Africa's liberation struggle icons, Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe. This morning, we are remembering the son of the soil and taking calls and comments from the listeners as well. We are also going to have Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch and today Brian will focus on the benefits of retirement annuities and also look at the <coughs> excuse me, tax implications of retirement annuities. Property Matters with Dineo Mulomo will come after that and Dineo is going to be talking about buying property with the intention of renovating it and then selling it again at a profit and how do the banks view this particular practice? We'll find out a little later. In the final hour we're going to elaborate on your topic right now, Darshan, and ask the question why South African drivers on the roads are so aggressive and so angry. And this follows the recent incident, of course, where a motorist shot, kill, shot and killed a motorcyclist during an apparent road rage confrontation. That's the show for today. Thank you, Darshan.
25 minutes to 9. Thanks so much, Rowena Ben. So, of course, continue the conversation after us with Rowena on the show, uh, talking about uh, gun control. And, of course, she's talking about more why we're so angry on the roads. Here's an SMS about that saying, owning a gun is like driving a supercar or a superbike. Your way of driving changes completely. Uh, KZN Farmer writes in, more confident with the firearm. If you have not been trained on safety first and correct times and places of usage, that's what leads to irresponsible usage. Uh, this comes in, if you have intruders in your home, then at least you can protect your family. One shot to the ceiling would definitely make intruders think again. But what if someone lives upstairs? Uh, this SMS comes in unsigned. Gun has only one objective, and that's to kill. It has a spirit, which is killing spirit. It gives fake confidence. It keeps. Uh, it is dangerous to keep. Well, as you heard, it can be used as to fire warning shots, not necessarily only for killing. Uh, Square Yia says, what must one do? The SAPS stole firearms and all become scared without reason to follow the case and here's an interesting one from Sidwell saying I've owned a gun since 1997 back in June I was 27 years old back then I've never pulled a trigger not even once now it might even be rusted because the last time I saw it it was in a safe and that was back in 2009 I keep my keys with me I don't carry a gun anywhere no reason to and that's uh, Sidwell writing in there. So very interesting thought. Sidwell, I challenge you to call us in. Tell us, why do you still keep the gun if you don't even think it's reliable anymore, if it's turning to rust in your safe? Is it still a means of, of deterring a threat? Is it still going to thwart an attack? Uh, I'm joined on the line by Cohen Lebone, who's uh, joining us from the SA Institute of Race Relations. Cohen, thanks so much for your time. Good morning. Good morning to you, Arthur. And, and the, big, the big concern here is that with individuals who use guns, you know, we, we had a caller from, from Lumka who says, you know, she's happy to go get her mel- mental state a- a- assessed. You know, they do it every five years. But really, your mental state can change quite often, can't it? Uh, most definitely, especially in the instances that you've mentioned of, uh, you know, um, traffic uh, and, and also a provocation from other drivers. We know uh, how reckless most of the drivers are in South African roads and how South Africans are very, very angry uh, generally. So yes, uh, your mental state uh, cannot prepare prepare you uh, enough for some situations that you might encounter in your everyday life. Mm. I mean, is it, for, for you, I mean, is it terms of, of racial profiling? Can we, can we look at this element of, of racial profiling where a black subject is more likely to be assumed to be carrying a weapon? Uh, that, that kind of thing uh, doesn't happen as far as we know here at the Institute and as far as the evidence we have in our files and so on. does not point out to a prevalence of that type of uh, 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 profiling, especially when it comes to citizens among themselves. What we know, uh, what is more prevalent, in fact, is uh, from the police side that there has been a sort of uh, xenophobic profiling, if you can call it that. Uh, we know the the most recent incident where um, uh, Mr. the son of a very prominent uh, South African was arrested for being too dark. So you do have that, especially with the Middle Mashia case as well. Uh, you have a, an instance, uh, very common, we have reports of uh, police officers uh, really profiling people as coming from uh, countries further uh, 
the north of, of, of South Africa. So we have that uh, more common than we have racial profiling in the country. Mm-hmm. And, and racism, I mean, really someone just, you know, assuming that, uh, you know, a black person would be carrying a gun. I think of the Trayvon Martin case in the U.S. where, uh, you know, the initial allegation was because this is a young man wearing a hoodie, he must have been a criminal walking around in the area. At least that's what we heard in the beginning. I mean, racism is, is a symptom of faulty reasoning of, of a psychologically damaged individual. Should we, and, and that can change. So, you know, can we really trust someone with, with a firearm when reasoning can change? We don't test someone for racism. Well, uh, t- to tackle the first case, well, there, there is, in fact, a recent case that happened uh, uh, recently, also in the Florida area of the USA, where uh, a gentleman shot uh, some people because they were playing what he termed to be gangster music. So loud music at a petrol station. That's correct. So, uh, yes, you have, and, and according to reports from those papers, they say it's, uh, that kind of crime is only common in the Florida area. But coming to to South Africa, uh, we, we, we really we have really reasonable laws. In fact, there are uh, gun lobby groups who are complaining about the new firearms control amendment regulations that came into effect in January 2011 to say they were too stringent uh, and that they would uh, prevent people from owning firearms. And I remember that the criticism of these uh, new regulations was really, really more uh, uh, acute, I think, from the Black Gun Owners Association that this was, in fact, a way to prevent black people from owning guns. But having said that, the regulations are are, are really reasonable. If you look at them, they they stipulate uh, conditions uh, under which a person may own a gun. Well, let's uh, see if John has a problem with it. John, I mean, at the Gun Owners Association, do you have a problem with the the new uh, uh, Firearm Controls uh, Controls Amendment Act? Yes, absolutely. Originally, we had very serious uh, concerns about the Firearms Control Act. Uh, at a later stage, we managed to uh, play a, a very important role in ensuring the reasonable application of that law. And t- today, we are quite satisfied with the way that law is being administered. There are obviously still problems in the administration of the legislation, and there are still quite a number of provisions that we do not... Uh, quite agree with such as currently currently it's very reasonable i can i can give you some examples for instance uh, the fact that there is uh, that the psychological profiling as part of your competency certification is not properly being done uh, part of your licensing renewal uh, especially the original renewals from the previous regime to the current regime has not been done correctly. What do you mean by the competency certificates not being done properly? Because that's a key element here. We've been talking about the psychological element for for much of this talk. I fully agree. I fully agree with you. Uh, You know, the point is just we have indicated to the police uh, and to the minister right from the outset that if competency requirement, if there is going to be a competency requirement, it must be done correctly. And that means that uh, the police must be must do their job properly. If they require reference checks, if they want to ensure that the person does not have a criminal record, if they want to ensure that the person is of a stable nature, then they must do their work as far as that is concerned. They cannot merely rely on what the person Mm -hmm. is saying. From the South African Gun Owners Association, we place a very high premium on competency certification. Do you think it should only be done every... John, do you think it should... More than licensing. John, do you think it should be done only every five years, hearing that that, you know, your psychology is fluid. Shouldn't it be done more often? 
it, it, it's very difficult uh, for me to comment on that. We believe that a five-year period was actually a very reasonable period, although I do take cognizance of the fact that the person's psychological mood can change fairly frequently. And now the psychologist will have to come and say how frequently can they in fact change. Now, I personally well, it's a good thing we've got someone like that on the line, Namfundo Mokhapi, joining us. I, I want to get exactly. your response on that, Namfundo. But we've yeah. got two callers holding on the line. Namfundo, I'm going to give sure. you a chance. Uh, Tony and Kulakani will take your calls. Tony and Durban, we need guns. Why do we need guns, Tony? Uh, Doshan, thank you. Um, Doshan, I'm 70 years old. Uh-huh. Um, I own businesses in the center of Durban. During that time, we were held up 15 times in five years. Um, I had the opportunity of shooting back twice. The two suspects that I shot were the only people in 15 holdups that were prosecuted. They were the ones who were arrested because they had been shot. I still, to this day, although I'm retired, I carry a gun 24-7. I will fight back. I will fight crime. I don't hesitate to pull the trigger to fight back. I do not use it as a deterrent, but I will fight back. Do you feel like, it makes, you, do you feel like it makes you a little bit more aggressive at all? Do you think it just gives you confidence? It gives me a lot of confidence because I know I can shoot and I can shoot well and I shoot to kill. And uh, if somebody is threatening my life or that of my family, watch out. And you've trained to use your firearm, Tony? Oh, absolutely. Since I was seven years old, I've been using a firearm. I'm now 70. Thanks very much for your call there, Tony. And Durban robbed 15 times, he says, at gunpoint, and he shot back twice. Give us a call today, 0891-104-208. Nomfundo, I asked you that question. Uh, What do we do? I mean, there's two things that have been discussed here. I think the first one, you can even hear from what John is saying, that for you to be competent in owning a gun, there's a whole lot of psychological work that you yourself need to be done. And I support what Adele has said, that within a period of five years, there is so much that can happen mm. for people at a psychological level that could completely change the, where they are at psychologically. And also at times there are stuff that the, the, the competency test can't pick up, such as some of your own triggers, unresolved woundedness, things that could really easily trigger you towards aggression. But um, what's important for me that I want to emphasize, because it doesn't come up here, mm-hmm. is that no matter how much work you can do yourself, there's other things that you cannot control, and that is other people's reaction when they see that gun. And as I had said, that research shows that people are likely to react more aggressively when they see a gun. And there was also um, somebody who called in and said that when um, she was under threat, people wanted to take that gun and use it. So you may have all the training that you do, but you can't control how other people react. And I think in a country where things are so volatile, we, we cannot say it's sufficient to just only train the gun owners, but it is how other people are likely to react, especially the criminals when they break into your house and they see a gun, they are much more likely to react aggressively when they see you having that gun than if you didn't have that gun. And that's something that people who want to own guns really need to think uh, to think about. But as John says, for you to own a gun, you yourself need to do a lot of your own psychological work. And there's very few people in South Africa who have the luxury or who even invest the time in being able to do that. So the people, people like John, I would like to say, are actually not a majority in this country. So there's a lot of questions that we need to raise around that. Well, I did get an SMS from Claire who told me how it feels uh, when somebody else owns a gun. She says, uh, you asked me how it feels to hold or own a gun. Well, what about someone with a gun and how it makes me 
feel. I feel scared and intimidated, saying Claire here. Uh, more SMSs coming in. Uh, schoolboy in Lindenburg saying, uh, how can you buy a gun just to kill your fellow brother or sister? Shame to those owning guns. Uh, this comes in from Inchanga. My neighbor, not in South Africa, has three guns. It's uh, is sometimes a drunk, has shots at monkeys, my new alarm in the past, and threatened me that I will suffer if I interfere in his business, as I had reported him to the health board for his slimy pond. Inchanga, I definitely think you should be reporting it to the police, not just the health board. Uh, Nick writes in, being armed makes me feel very aware of the consequences of pulling it. I've had to use it once in 30 years, and it's saved my life. Faisal says, as long as there's a strong likelihood of armed criminals breaking into my home and hurting my family, I need my guns. Sort out crime and illegal guns first before me. Uh, Alison in East London, guns bring out the bully boy and the owner. Joel in PE, anyone carrying a gun is a potential murderer. Finish in Clar. Uh, this SMS unsigned, I own a pistol for self-defense. Holding it makes me feel the same way as holding a can of mace, a panic button, or locking my front door. Safe, not aggressive. I don't know if it's the same as holding a key. Jackie in Durban, how do you feel about guns? Hi, I feel that like that young lady that phoned in, she doesn't really want to own a gun, but mm. people own guns because they're frightened. In the old days, everybody I knew, any male I knew owned a gun. People didn't go around shooting people. These days, people can't toy-toy down the street without getting aggressive. Everything is aggressive. The hijackers that hijack you, innocent without a gun, have guns and they're probably illegal. You haven't once spoken about illegal guns. Mm. Um, I feel that even your program is aggressive. Why don't you have a happy program that people can laugh at least once <laughs> a week? You always have have aggressive things. Jackie, Jackie, thank you very much thank for you. that and appreciate your call. Well, we need to talk about what's happening in South Africa. We need to be a reflection on what's going on then. Are we, and I, here's a question for you out there, if we're reflecting what's happening in society and you want more good news, do you think that what's out there is generally good? Is it 60, 80% good? Is that what we're reflecting on a news program? I just challenge you on that question. Uh, Yanela writes, uh, calls in rather from KZN. Yanela, good morning. Our last caller. Hi, Jason. How are you? Good, thank you. Go ahead, Yanela. Um, well, thanks. I'd just like to relay my story on guns. I don't Thank own you. a gun. I'm, I'm 29 years old. But uh, since I was in sub A, I used to visit my friend who'd pull out his dead gun at random. And I know he even threatened his cousin with a gun. And uh, when I was in high school, we had a guy who attempted suicide with his dead gun. And unfortunately, he didn't pass away, but he went permanently blind. Mm. So I know for myself, I mean, I've been involved in a lot of road rage incidents. And I think if I owned a gun, I would have probably pulled it out and used it. And that's why I never want to own a gun because I don't want, I don't know how it would change my behavior if I did. I understand about um, getting competency tests, but I mean, as uh, the, the psychologist once said, that uh, your behavior changes. Thanks so much for joining us, Yanela. I appreciate that call there from KZN, our final caller. It's good to hear a young person talking about how they feel about guns. I do appreciate your calls, your SMSs, your tweets. Uh, Still send through those SMSs and tweets. I'll read uh, some more out uh, during the last few moments of our show. It's 10 minutes to 9. Stay tuned. Imagine life without plastics, where an abacus is a computer, a crowing rooster your alarm clock, without a snooze button. Life without plastics is life without convenience. Right now, you're probably touching it, seeing it, hearing it. Plastics, reliable, recyclable, and safe for your health and the environment. Visit plasticsinfo.co.za. This message is brought to you by Plastics SA. 
Like all business owners, you have big plans for your business. And at times, you have to rely on others for support. So it's frustrating to be turned down for a loan. Can't they see the growth potential of my business, you want to ask? With NetBank, it's different. They'll assist you by arranging the right finance for you from the very beginning. This way, you know what to expect. And when you need a loan the most, there are no delays in waiting for a decision. It's the kind of solution you'd expect from a partner that understands your business. Sign up for NetBank's comprehensive business offering by visiting simplybiz.co.za and make cash flow happen. NetBank is proud to vote small business. We are an authorized financial services and credit provider. Terms and conditions apply. Make things happen. NetBank. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Over the last hour, we've been talking about guns and how it makes you feel to own a gun or how it makes you feel to know that somebody else owns a gun. Does the act of being armed make us more likely to engage in aggressive behavior? John, I wanted to look at perhaps you know, a more interesting or, or a different take on this question. For those who own guns currently, if they were faced with the threat of having those guns removed from their possession for whatever reason, because uh, they were a danger to themselves, psychologically they weren't capable of, of holding a gun, or perhaps even South Africa takes bold steps and decides to ban the public own, uh, ownership of guns, how would that make you, for example, feel if, if, if your guns were taken away from you? Well, I would uh, certainly believe that is one of the greatest interferences by government into the freedom of the law-abiding citizen. Full stop. Mm. I mean, why, why would it hurt you so much to, to have your gun removed from your possession? The Constitution of the Republic of South Africa guarantees freedom to law-abiding citizens. And I believe that I must have that freedom of choice. I must decide myself as to what I owe and how I owe that, provided I operate within the ambit of the law. Saga promotes people to be within the ambit of the law. Saga agrees uh, with civil obedience, and that is what we promote. And that is why we are saying that the person, the law-abiding civilian, must have the right Mm -hmm. to exercise that particular freedom, and he must have the right to use a firearm or any other object for that nature to protect him or herself against violent attacks well, that must, are you, so you, often, often happening. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you must admit, laws do change, of course, and people continually calling for the death penalty, for example, to be brought back yes. to South Africa. The Constitution yes. speaks quite clearly on what it thinks of death penalty. But here's, here's an aspect that South Africans still feel like they want uh, the law to change. What if the laws change to ban guns? Uh, I think it would be a very sad day. Saga will most definitely oppose that vehemently. Uh, and Saga that does not necessarily agree with the bringing back of the death penalty. It does not mean that that is necessarily a solution to crime problems in South Africa. Uh, I do know that laws do change, but I certainly believe it would be a very sad day for South Africa if the freedom of the law-abiding citizen is interfered with, interfered with to that extent. Kerwin Labone from the SA Institute of Race Relations. I also want to spin the question around for you. I mean, if, if we were less armed, if we didn't have guns, if they were banned, would that make us less likely to engage in aggressive behavior? Um, I don't I don't think so, and uh, you know the study either studies either way are not conclusive. Mm. Uh, there are people who believe that, you know, with the prevalence of legal guns, that uh, that, it, that in itself is a deterrent, and that people will be more circumspect in being aggressive against their fellow uh, men. 
And there are people who believe that such guns are feeding to crime and that if they are not kept safe by their owners, and then they get stolen and used in, in crimes. As we know in South Africa, most of guns used in crimes are illegal guns. Uh, I think gun owners are more responsible. So it's not a question really that has got a simple answer, uh, and especially given the environment in South Africa. Remember that uh, although we've had crime coming down over the long term, over the last 20 years, the two crimes that scare South Africans the most, that is business robberies and home robberies, uh, have stubbornly uh, increased. And, you know, as a result, people have either resorted to private security or if they cannot afford it, as one of your colleagues says, to rather arm themselves to protect themselves where they feel that the police uh, do not offer adequate services to protect them. Nomfundo Mokhapi, the weapons effect, uh, do you still stand by that, or do you think if we had less guns in society, we'd still engage in fairly aggressive behavior? I think South Africa is an aggressive society. There's a whole lot of other issues that contribute to Mm. violence, and we need to deal with it. However, the weapons effect still works, and guns do exacerbate and make the problem worse. And I think we need to look at this from the ideal situation that is presented by John, where ideally you need to have people who work within the ambit of the law, who are well-trained, who are responsible, who've got the psychological competency to work, to, to, to deal with guns. However, the realities in our country is that, first of all, as I said, we are a highly violent society. You can't control how others are going to react, and we know that uh, guns do trigger certain people, but also you, at times you don't know your own psychological issues that you have not dealt with and what are some of the things that could actually trigger you as the person who owns the gun. And I think based on that, I think there's really a lot of questions around gun ownership in South Africa. And currently, with the current context, gun ownership doesn't help people in terms of protecting them, but I think it's likely to escalate the problems of violence that we have in our country and make them worse. Well, to my guests, I say thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning. John Welsh from the Gun Owners Association of South Africa, Nomfundo Mohapi, uh, joining us from the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation, where she's a psychologist and head of the psychosocial program, and Kerwin Laborne, a researcher at the SA Institute of Race Relations. Thanks so much for your SMSs, your tweets, and Facebook comments. Uh, let's go through them. There were lots to talk about this morning, so uh, let's read through as many as we can. Uh, Tola Anamahoro writes in saying, Grew up with guns in my house, and they still unsettle me. It's not something that you really get used to. Uh, Tiamo Lajeto saying, if only guns were as regulated as cars. Mtunzi Mamkeli saying, people are buying guns for self-defense, but the same gun is being used by the same person to kill himself and the whole family. So what's your take? Uh, Fiasco Sipo saying, I say guns are like condoms. Rather have one and not need one than need one and not have one. Sola and Koma saying, to a certain extent, yes, it does, Darshan, but on the other hand, you can try to control yourself, but people will continue to provoke you, and at the end, you'll feel humiliated, therefore forcing you to take out the gun and shoot to regain pride. Is that how we regain pride in the society? At the gunpoint. Uh, Derek Malepe saying, yes, look at recent accident of protesters killed by police. I bet it wouldn't have happened if they were like Indian police officers. And for an individual, is worse because guns, in the first instance, is brought for personal protection. And people will shoot at anything they feel is threatening them. I assume when you talk about Indian police officers, you're not talking about South African Indian police officers. But in India, where police officers tend not to carry around firearms, but rather 
batons. And, uh, of course, bobbies on the beat as well in London tend not to carry around firearms. They also carry around uh, batons. Your SMSs, much appreciated this morning. Uh, I did read many of them. There are more still coming through. Uh, this SMS, uh, also unsigned, it says... Uh, it, it is a wrong policy to allow civilians to own personal guns. In some instances, these civilians consume alcohol and other mind-altering substances, which leads to a lot of ill discipline. The good behavior of your guests from the SA Gun Owners Association is what we need. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our team in Swaki Kuu, Apiwa Nono, Tracy Boomga, Jack McComber, Maruma Kekana, Senior Producer, Abriel Mpofu, Forum Producers, Ronald Piri, and Lengiwa Mabasu, Technical Producer, Mark Prella, Specialist Producer, Buzi Lokota, Executive Producers, Busi Siwachane, and Aubrey Setria. I'm back with you tomorrow, 6 to 9 a.m., in conversation on the Forum at 8 with former Justice Edwin Cameron to talk to us about his new book, simply titled Justice. Some great personal revelations of his life, his background, and his thoughts on current legislative policies and the way the Constitution works. We'd love to get into that conversation with you. 34701 and send us your tweets. AM Live on SAFM. Follow us right now.